Hello and welcome to another episode of His and Her Boxing Podcast. Uh, presented to you by me, Lee Costello, and as always... Me, Neve Campbell. I went smoother this week. Did it, I, was, I knew you were going to bring this up. Uh, go ahead. So last week, if you haven't heard already, I botched the uh, intro and... Botches it every week and I just keep hitting re-record and I says, this isn't authentically. We should let people know that you are crap. A terrible, <laughs> terrible journalist slash presenter. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we'll just get stuck straight in. Um, no special guest this week. It's just uh, back to the OGs, me, Neve, mm-hmm. talking all things boxing. Of course, we're still in isolation quarantine, but we're bored of all that crap. So we're going to talk about what today is. Do you know what today is, Neve? I do. And can I just say, this is really freaky because... So we, like the weirdos that we are, when we get up to work in the morning in the living room, Lee will put on like old boxing montages or boxing training sessions or old fights. And he was like, I'm going to put on the Klitschko Edge fight. And he was like, I'm pretty sure the, like that, the anniversary of that is coming up soon. And he was like, oh, we should talk about that in the podcast. Actually, I'll Google it. Because we kept getting like really close with our historical, like the yeah. Sugar, Sugar Leonard and Hagler fight. Yeah, we, we, we did it like a week before. But we didn't know. No, I, know, I didn't know. Week. It was the anniversary. It just... Just felt right. So Lee was like, I let's look at it. I bet yeah, it's coming up soon. And he was like, no, you're not going to believe it. And I was like, because I knew it was late April 2. And you were like, it was literally this day three years ago. And I was like, somebody call Mystic Meg and tell her Lee Stello. <laughs> Mystic Mac. <laughs> um, it's, it's a powerful gift that I have. I have to One of the only this. gifts you have. Well, it, the only gift it would look like. But yes, on this very day, three years ago, 2017, Anthony Joshua took on Vladimir Klitschko in one of the all-time greatest heavyweight clashes. Now, it still feels weird saying that because there's something when you talk about current boxers, as Anthony Joshua is a really active boxer, um, and you talk about these fights being, you know, all-time classics and stuff, even though they're still so modern. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, people just... Is it premature? Yeah, yeah, they just said it's premature, but it's already happened. You know, say what you like. Whatever happens after in the rest of the careers and stuff, I know he goes on to lose Dan Ruiz, uh, wins the rematch... Um, very questionable now like a lot of people are saying that he won't be fury and stuff and because yeah 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 but at the time at the time oh why you know um and when you look back given that it's it's especially with the whole klitschko era and this is effectively klitschko's era coming to an end because he announces his retirement at the end of this fight he dominated the heavyweight division and people said with his brother yeah but the people said it, it it sort of destroyed boxing because you know he has that sort of robotic style um, he was just winning fights so easily. It was boring. After yeah, it, was, it, got, it got really boring and stuff. Uh, Fury came, beat him. That opened things up again. The bell scattered, and then Joshua came in this young lion with the um, you know, the huge matchroom Sky Sports following behind him. Uh, off the back of winning an Olympic gold in two thousand and twelve, young gun against old master, Padawan versus. Oh, as go, as Jedi go, master I already as, said master because I hear the nerdiness coming because the interviews every time you say it ah, and the belt scattered I keep thinking of you know Marvel's uh, Avengers and the Infinity Stones and the scatter through the universe every time you say that I that just is, think that's of, exactly what these belts are the like and we're, going to, we're going to talk about the belts <laughs> a little bit later <laughs> uh, we're going to Nerd. get into, into the sanctioning bodies and talk about them specifically but right now we're talking about Joshua V. Klitschko and the wonderful fight that it was. Me and you went to, I think, the Students' Union to watch yeah, it. Yeah, so anyone that's from um, Belfast, the old, it's actually been torn down now, the old Queen's University Student Union went to watch it. And in fairness, like, even like we were like, you even said to me, like, this is not 
this is not like usual heavyweight fights. This is nuts. Even the sheer volume of punches they were both were throwing. And I just, I never forget. I actually can't believe it was three years ago. I just remember them English boys. I don't know if they were on a holiday or what was the crack. And they were just steaming. Oh, and yeah. St- and there was a car lane. We actually went really, really early and got seats because a lot of seats were reserved. Um, and obviously it was going to be packed out and stuff. And we got good enough seats. And them English boys were just doses. They were through my head. And they kept like taking selfies and being like, you And then us being utter... Um, what's the word like pretend pretentious yeah, <laughs> yeah. being like oh, you don't even know you're boxing you yeah, like, you're English. <laughs> and then I was like part of me doesn't want him to win because you are doing my head but also I do want him to win because I really like AJ <laughs> I, I really like Klitschko too but um, how, when I when I can't split it between a fight what I do is I sort of pick yeah what, in my head like, mm, which, you're wild for this who would be better for boxing in the long run uh-huh. if they win do you know what I mean? It was like Wilder v Fury, and I thought, well, if, if Wilder beats Fury, I I don't think that's good for boxing, uh, Long in terms term. of a fan because I can't see Wilder taking on Joshua whilst I seen Fury being far more likely to take on mm-hmm. Joshua. So I thought him winning would would you know, uh, make that fight happen and, and you know think long term. Yeah. And I couldn't see anything great coming out of a Klitschko win apart from another rematch with Joshua at that stage and stuff. He was but, getting on as it is anyway, yeah, so yeah. an age and stuff. Exactly. Um, so I think I, I, I did at the time really want um, Joshua to get it in the end because I thought it would open up the heavyweight division a bit more, which it did. You know, we went on to get another world title against Joseph Parker. Um, yeah, he's lost to Andrew Ruiz and now we're hoping to get some unification fights. But yes, no, at the time... Uh, what a war it was. This was back when Joshua was brave. I don't know uh, All right. if it's after this fight. I, well, I don't think it's Joshua. I think it, I'm not even saying that it's Rob McCracken, but it's definitely his team. It, there's so, so much pressure on him not to lose that I think he's lost a bit of his um, his edge. He used to just love a scrap, and he can be a bit chinny, but he was one of the best finishers in the heavyweight division. And in boxing, actually, you know, when he smelled blood, he went for it, um, and he had dynamite in both hands, throwing volume punches, and he could really take you out of there. But I, I don't really see him going for that anymore. I don't see him throwing the kitchen sink and really looking to get his opponents out of there first day. Um, and I think it's all down to this Klitschko fight. You know, he gets dropped. Uh, well, actually what happened was he drops Klitschko mm-hmm, in the in fifth. and uh, Goes for the finish, but gasses completely. And, and then it looks like by the end of that round that actually Klitschko's going to drop him, which he then does in the sixth. And it's just a matter of time, by the, you know, seemingly that Joshua's going to completely lose his legs and, and the fight will be over but he slowly regains confidence and regains um, composure comes back really really strong and in the end the young lion takes the old master out in the 11th dropping Klitschko twice and then that beautiful uppercut that um, is just like folklore you know if, if you were to write um, a perfect punch in a heavyweight fight for all the titles and stuff you know that, that that's how you'd want to do it it was beautiful but um, yeah it, it was just so brilliant it was so exciting but I think, you know, people like Eddie Hearn and stuff, they just seen the blueprint of everything that could actually go wrong. You know, Joshua can get too involved and, and the risk of losing would be so detrimental. Sure, he did lose. But th- th- this is it. You know, I mean, look at that um, that loss. He went the 12 rounds with Joseph Parker in one of the worst fights that y- you could imagine. Um, or you, when you're thinking of a Parker fight, this fight, even before that against Takam, um, that, was, that was a painful fight to watch as well. I really like, and you look at Takam against Chisora and stuff. I mean, Joshua really should have been doing a lot better. Are you saying then that you think that actually, because this was such a monumental career high, do you think it sort of all went downhill from Joshua? Not, not downhill. Not downhill. Well, he, has, he hasn't equaled that. 
yeah. um, thrilling fight since. Like, I mean, I thought he performed really well in the Anna Reuse rematch. I thought he was just right uh, to, you know, keep him at range, use his boxing skills. So then he, he was, got called, but that, again, I do yeah. think that's based. But I like that a lot more than, uh, a lot of people said that he boxes best against uh, Joseph Parker and that he showed his real mm-hmm. boxing range and skills. But I, I, I didn't think so. Either ref didn't let Joseph Parker fight on the inside, which I think... Josh would have been preparing for it anyway. So if that fight had opened up a bit more, you would have seen, hopefully, seen Parker going forward a bit more and uh, Josh would have been able to counter that and, and just having a bit more of an exciting fight. But in terms of the Ruiz fight, you know, I, I think that, that definitely showed his like boxing calibre and, you know, his IQ and, and his, his fitness. You know, he was on his toes for 12 rounds. I didn't think he'd be fit enough to do that. Um, just, I think that's part of the reason that yeah. they maybe wanted him to do that to show that you know you can go the twelve rounds yeah. and you're. But that's what I was gonna say as well. Like plastic boxing fans said, it was so boring because to be honest, I feel like nowadays if you are talking to someone who really knows about boxing and they're like, "Oh, who's your favorite boxer?" and you say Anthony Joshua, they kind of roll their eyes and you're like, "I will." Of course, you're just saying that because he's literally the face of everything in Britain. Like, I don't actually know anything the man isn't sponsored by. Do you know what I mean? History. He's and the he's, most sponsored man in the world. The most, But he's also the most likeable and sponsorable person in the world. And yeah. he's so, like, he's just beautiful. Girls of him haven't got a clue about boxing. So it's like, I feel like when you say that he's your favourite boxer, not that he is mine, I'm just saying that, but people sort of look like proper true boxing fans sort of look down and you're like, well, clearly you probably don't actually. You're yeah. saying that. Um, but... I mean, you can see why, and then but then like what you're saying is, I just think there's such a thing as too perfect, and I know this. Yeah. This topic's been talked to death because of the whole whenever he lost against Reese, but it's almost like a psychological thing. Like, not that he had nothing to lose and he was fighting for school, but my God, the stakes were not as high as they are now. Yeah. And now it's like every single nutrient that is going into his body is being completely monitored. Like nothing is mm-hmm. his own, and, and it all has to be perfection. He is like Eddie Hearn's main money horse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's cash like. Cow. It is like it's almost, there is just such a thing as too perfect and back then he was a bit more raw. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, like he wasn't and afraid of. He loved to scrap and getting on the inside and just going for it, you know. I mean, like we look at, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Now that we see uh, Fury dismantling Wilder, it, it just seems so obvious now. It was like, oh, just put pressure on him, you know, bully the bully and he falls apart that's what all you have to do and no one ever thought oh we should do that this is Wilder this big puncher this really scary you know um, all powerful beast and then Wilder put the front or Fury went on the front foot and just super aggressive from the gecko and now it's just like oh that's what you do that's how you beat Wilder and and I can't help but feel would Joshua have done that post Klitschko fight do you know what I mean Uh, like this whole new cagey careful Joshua uh, especially because it's that whole thing if you get that one hit yeah. Wilder, you're out. But yeah. then you're thinking like, oh, well, actually, obviously, the person with the bigger box like you, which was Fury, is gonna beat the man with the one punch. Yeah, like you know. Yeah. But I, um, it's not even that. It's not like he outsmarted him. He, he out, manned him. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. him. You know, he just went toe to toe, and uh, Wilder didn't see it coming. I don't think he's ever had anyone brave enough to just go for it like that. Um, and I think if Joshua did do that, I think Joshua does beat Wilder, in my opinion. Um, but does Joshua I, beat Fury? Well, this is that. That's. The uh, million dollar question. The million dollar question. The billion dollar question, really, because that, that's where all the money will go if that's, that fight does happen. That's the other thing as well. Like, Klitschko really hates the fact that Fury beat him, doesn't he? Like, yeah. Klitschko respects Joshua, but he does not respect Fury. Like, mm-hmm. um, do you want to even talk about maybe people don't know about the memory stick thing that Klitschko did? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure boxing fans know, but uh, Vladimir Klitschko, before the big clash with Joshua, revealed in a press conference his memory stick. 
and he said on this memory stick he has uh, pre-recorded his uh, match prediction it was then later aired on I think it's like a Kazakhstan TV or something I don't know a, a, a good year or so later I bore out presenting it I need yeah. to stop saying that uh, <laughs> I'm number one boxer not of Kazakhstan wow <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah you know so he reveals his prediction and he says that basically he he believes that Joshua will gas and then he will get stopped early on and we were talking about me being mystic Mac I mean that he was nearly spot on with that because it is sort of exactly what happened Joshua drops Klitschko in the fifth yes Klitschko gets up Joshua's completely gassed gets dropped himself by Klitschko and then it, it just looks like it's Klitschko's to lose but uh, Joshua does you know he finds a second win then he comes through the end in, in, a, in a very very exciting fight and a great way to go out too for Klitschko but um, no I mean that's just main games 101 yeah like having the psychological advantage yeah. and he did that in the whole way in the build up as well um, so you see whenever they were doing you know when they do the face off uh-huh. and they're facing each other and they have to do it at the end of nearly every press conference and then again at the weigh in uh-huh. and um, so he's doing it and Klitschko's talking to him the whole time but doing it in like a soft uh, yeah, no no like respectable oh yeah. this is only banter sort of thing but also when you look at it it's like you are I am controlling you because he says okay and we'll look to the camera in three two one and then they both turn their heads to the cameras as they're taking the pictures yeah. and they both laughing because it's a joke but it's Klitschko's joke do you know yeah, what I mean yeah like it's the power but he is such a smart man as yeah, well yeah well that's it you know um Dr. Steelhammer, isn't it? I think the power of language and yeah. like it's a subconscious thing. Like AJ probably didn't think that's what was happening, but it was so yeah, almost like subtle conditioning him into it. But yeah. I mean, it didn't work anyway. It or, wasn't or, or it did work uh, in that it got Joshua involved too early, and and you know he felt like he gasped, but in the end, uh, he was too strong and fit for for Klitschko um, too young Gosh. probably you know energetic I, I was I was going to go full frock too big too, too strong, big too strong smashing the bits yeah I think the thing is well though and everyone talks about Joshua Gasson and you know people look at Joshua and he's like again this pure muscly Adonis but the thing is carrying that much muscle like we always talk about this too and so does our boxing coach it doesn't always help because no. it takes so much more that sort of muscle mass takes so much more oxygen yeah. to maintain so you do gas it quicker but in Josh's defense, everyone's like, look at him, he's gassed, he's gassed. But I'm just like, I don't know, but like, if I was gassed and that's how I was still carrying on the fight, I'd be pretty happy with myself because, yeah. yes, he looks wrecked, but he is still throwing punches. Um, And one of the things we were talking about earlier, the way Klitschko fights as well, it's so hard to get in the inside. Like, he sticks his arms out like a zombie. Oh, the way Klitschko fights, is mo- it must be the most frustrating. frustrating. Yeah, because they were the same height, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're both six foot six, or as close as. Yeah. Um. But every single time Joshua comes in, he Klitschko would bounce back and leave both arms long and dangly and he would sort of slap the inside of your biceps or slap the inside of your arms. So you know every single time you go to attack Klitschko or you come forward, you're going to have to deal with something in your face, something slapping your arms back, something taking the momentum away from your punches. And you also then, it leaves you like, like overextended. You know, because mm-hmm. you, you want to get past these big, long arms that he's They're like logs. I know. Yeah, they are like logs, For AJ's arms are like logs, too. It's not yeah. like me going around and fighting him. Like, but, yeah. um... No, he's a beast of a man. Um, so it must have been very frustrating to get through. A very interesting fight. One of, the, one of the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen. I think the other thing, too, is people say, oh, like, you know, when Klitsch goes throwing them shots against your arms, they're not scoring points. You know, like, the judges can't mark him for hitting mm. your arms. But I'm like, I think you need to realise that this is at, at world level at this point. I don't think he's doing it for the points. It's it's He's doing it to break yeah. you down and break your spirit down. And it's still sore. Like, even if someone's hitting you on your bicep, 
you know, and right, the judge isn't going to give them a point. That is still sore. Like, yeah. People well, think that if you get hit in a in an area that's not scoreable, like it still hurts you. You're still getting hit. Like I don't even know if it's so much the pain though, because I just think when you're in a fight like that, uh, you've all that adrenaline and things, you don't really feel the pain. But it's more like you, everyone's been in school and you're in the queue for lunch or something, and boom, big dead arm from some tit in your ear. <laughs> you know, everyone's had that a dead arm, a dead leg. <laughs> Um, big knuckle on the bicep or on your tricep and, and your arm just goes sort of faded dead yeah um it's it's it's, it's, that, it's that sort of thing you know so you do it early on you do it early on um you know rounds right up to four or five and six and then suddenly it gets to around seven eight and your arms just aren't fully opening up like they used to and you're already tired mm-hmm. and, and fatigued um it's it's just uh it's it's definitely playing the long ball game but like i say a very very intelligent fighter i like Klitschko. him too i just yeah, like him very likable he seems so nice, and he's been on like like things like panel shows, like a league of their own and stuff, plugging his books and all the rest of it. Yeah, and I just like him. He's a really likable guy, I think. And I know everyone like, if you're looking for the perfect retirement, you know, you got to look at someone like uh, Joe Kilzaki or Carl Frotch. You know, I mean, you end with the belts, and you end, you know, with with, with the big win. Well, Carl Frotch. Well, I know. Sorry, team. I meant I was thinking of Kilzaki there. Yeah. Um. But you know, with the big night, like like Carl Frotch last fight was that one, or his last punch through in, in a professional boxing match was that one against George Groves, and that's such a, a great way of ending and being able to leave mm-hmm. it at that and not going too far. Um, you could argue Klitschko went a little too far because technically he did lose his last two fights, but what a way to go, you know, putting everything on the line um, in such an exciting fight that will be replayed over and over and over and over again I mean we're talking about it just three years later what will it be like you know when it gets to the 10 year anniversary the 20 year anniversary but that's what I mean like I, I've always said that people are always thinking all oh, undefeated boxers are you know are they better than people have been beaten and I don't I always prefer not that I want people to lose that I particularly like like I really like AJ mm-hmm. but like I'm not that emotionally invested where I'm like I actually think it is almost better because it shows how they can overcome adversity and like Frotch as well like yeah. he was not afraid to fight anybody because some people pick and choose their fights and it's like well, fight this boy he's way a bit easier and yeah. I'll probably still maintain my undefeated record stuff like that so I wouldn't hold that against against AJ too but I will be interested to see what happens post COVID-19 and, and stuff if they ever if you're in AJ ever do get oh my god I hope they do like yeah, I really, really hope so. I mean, they're talking about... I, I think they're just saying this to keep us happy. But uh, AJ's finally sort of calling Fury out, which I didn't see enough of, to be fair. No. I think I think it's just a good thing. You know, get out there. Don't have your team announce everything for you. Come out and actually call people out. Get the fight done. Mm-hmm. Eddie Hearn's doing a lot of talking to you, like usual. But uh, he's saying the right stuff. He's saying he wants Fury next. Um, If there was, like, step-aside money for Pulev and for Wilder... Or, you know, just so that the Fury fight and the Joshua fight could get done. Because then we could all come back to boxing with this absolutely massive spectacle. Because now we're forced to wait and we were always going to have to wait in this fight. But just because of quarantine and all this nonsense. Needs revital- revitalised. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, what what a fight to come back to. It would, it would nearly yeah. make it all worth it, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Like the spectacle itself. But yes, um, what a brilliant fight. And during this time, uh, the IBF champion was, of course, Anthony Joshua. The WBA belt was up for grabs in this fight. Mm-hmm. Now elsewhere, uh, Joseph Parker who was holding the WBO belt and Deontay Wilder had the WBC belt. Mm-hmm. Now if you're confused, that's just the life of a boxing fan. All these alphabetical belts are just thrown about the place and it can all get very confusing and it can get very, very messy. Especially because these said belts have several different 
uh, versions of themselves. Yeah. You know, you can have a regular WBA belt, a super WBA belt. You can have the franchise and uh, WBC, the silver WBC. Super regular. As I mean, interim regional ones. Interim the worst too. Like I know, and there's your European WBO one. It's it's all, it all gets very very messy. So we're going to do our absolute best to explain the four main sanctioning bodies, the four main belts uh, in boxing. Um, we'll just get stuck in here with the, the oldest one, which is the WBA, the World Boxing Association. Mm-hmm. It was formed in 1921, making it the oldest, and therefore it, a lot of people would argue you know, it's leading the way, it's maybe the most important because it's uh, the most prestigious by age. I guess. Uh, 100 years next year. Yo. Yeah. All right, no, yeah. 100 years next year. Centenary. Yeah. Um, and to describe it, you know, it's the black one, essentially. Uh, with, with the gold. Uh, if you, if you ever see the belts, they're yeah. like, that doesn't mean like none of them are the same. Yeah, yeah, they all look different and stuff. Um, so and the girls' ones are different again for someone, so it's very confusing there, too. Uh, but yeah, no, it's the oldest one, so a lot of people will put a lot of. Um, respect onto that and rightly so you know so you should if you could call it the original in OG some versions yeah it OG. is it is mad that it hasn't none of the belts have actually been around for a hundred years do mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like would you say that this is arguably when boxing became civilized not because God, did it ever become civilized <laughs> <laughs> you know, but do you know what I mean worse. like it's like the oldest it's like the oldest sport like one man well now women too but one man beating another man up yeah. and then this sort of when it came in, it was like, right, this is a sanctioning body. There's there's rules and things now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was less weight divisions then too. So basically, there was one belt, which meant one champion per weight division. Now, we have four major belts, world title belts, uh, and 17 weight divisions. And then, sometimes you have two, uh, technically, world champions in the same division with the same belt. Just mm-hmm. different versions of that one belt. I mean, it's, it's, it's an absolute mess to think about. But yeah, back to the WBA because um, it's the oldest it could be deemed as the most prestigious you know if you were to win that you, you, you're really holding a piece of history there and you could fully I mean with all of these you can call yourself a world champion but you know there's there's an added respect to that um, but they also have the most versions of themselves they are just criminal for handing out like regular belts and super belts and interim belts they're, they're, they're serious for it um, I, I, I don't know what is a regular world champion well, there you go. I have it. I'm reading it here. A similar thing, Luba. Canelo is a regular champion at super middleweight. Yeah, he beat Rocky Fielding for that. But, like, the super one. So, Anthony Joshua has the super one. Manuel. Is it Carr or Char? Char. Yeah. Has the regular one. Yeah, in the heavyweight yeah, division. Who's, who's he like? Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he hasn't fought in years either. I mean, it, it, it is just shocking. But my point is, when you compare them, yeah. Joshua's the super one. Everyone knows who Joshua yeah. is. And, Really, what they're doing, and this is why they're called sanctioned bodies. So they sanction the fight. They, you know, when they, when they host like an event or whatever, um, you know, they make money off it. Mm-hmm. And and when you fight for a title, then you can justify making that uh, the fight twelve rounds. You know, you get in the ref. They they organize like the referees and things like that. Um, and they get you know so much of the money from made from the fight. So that's why they always put these mad titles on the line. They can't exactly just strip someone off a belt. Uh, because they've got a big fight coming up and they want to make more money off it so they make like a regular belt or an intern belt and they throw it on the line just so they can make more money I mean it is nothing short of disgraceful really uh, in, in, a, in a perfect world we would have one belt for each weight division but we've got four and I think the best that I would ever hope for is that we at least have just one version of all of them belts we actually have 
the IBO as well, but no one really. Oh no, we're not talking about the IBO. No, no one really I don't, what do you mean? Well, this is we'll have to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> no, I know, but you know what I mean. Um, well, that's it. Like the, one of the things. So we're going heavyweight because heavyweight's probably the most popular in terms of fans liking box and stuff, right? So Manuel Char last defended his WBA regular heavyweight title. Uh, so we got it in November twenty seventeen, and it's now going into May 2020 and he's never defended it and then like you know what I mean like why has he not been shipped to so the anniversary of that's coming up yes <laughs> and then um, look forward to that podcast he uh, he had some injury something related to performance enhancing drug test issues of course uh, not only that Charles and Activity opened the door for Trevor Bryant to win the interim belt in August 2018 my god when beating a cruiserweight called BJ Floors inside four rounds yeah only for Brian to then find himself struck down with the same ailment. The joke is, I'm reading by the, it's in Boxing News, so it's Elliot Warsell, Lee's favourite writer. Big fan, big fan. Fan boy. Um, the joke gets funnier too, so this is Elliot's word, the joke gets funnier too if you were paying attention when the WBA announced Joe Joyce, a British prospect, as their goal champion in 2019. Your guess is as good as mine. Now, like Joe Joyce and Joe Joyce was meant to fight this yeah. month and stuff, but what's that about, like goal champion? Why? Is that just basically saying... He's our favourite now. He's, you know, up and coming. It's it's a, it's a marketing thing more yeah, than anything. It's, it's a hyperinflation of belts. Yeah. You know, I mean, the more you have of it, the more versions you have of a belt, then the less credibility each one then has because it becomes easier to get. It's, and did Joe Joyce grow up wanting to be, what was a golden champion? Uh, yeah. There's Manuel Char. Well, he obviously seems to be delighted to be the regular champion because he, he he's going to hold on for dear life. and. Why aren't the WBA stripping them of it and, you know, offering it up to someone else? Because they don't even care either. You know, they're just waiting for the right opportunity where they can make some money off the back of it. But, um... And, that's and this I, isn't just the WBA that's guilty of this. We're going to go through them all. But that's the main that's the thing with Canelo too. Like, I love... Like, I did love Canelo. I still do like him. I could be wrong. But, um... He's been going throughout the weight classes and stuff. So, he is a regular champion at super middleweight. But he is a super... Champion at middleweight. Am I right? Is that right? Mm, Getting confused yeah. between the two. Because then the WBC also pure love him as well. Like, yeah. I feel like the WBA and the WBC, and we'll get the WBC too, really favour the rich, famous boxers. Do you know what I mean? And they mm. want to keep them there. Like, they have their, like, Canelo is just people, like, they love Canelo, and they'll do anything at any cost to sort of keep Canelo. Well, let's move this is my on. own opinion. Like. Yeah, let's move on to the WBC. So they were founded in 1963, making it the second oldest. Um, now, people really, really like this belt, you know what I mean? Because it's so beautiful. It's the green one. It's the green one. It's the money one. Yeah. The Mayweather and Yeah, the Mayweather one, money one. Here, I have no, I have no problems with that either, because that, that whole event no. was just a big one-off and whatever. But then the YouTube, they made a YouTube belt. Yeah. You know, what? Yeah. Uh, just just for them, texts. Um, I keep using them. I don't. I don't want to use profanity in the podcast. Jake, but <laughs> Jake Paul and Logan Paul. What do you call them? What, one of the Pauls. I don't know. And yeah. then the brother got involved. Yes, I all that nonsense. But can I just say in defense of that, right? Because I just feel like all of this stuff is to do with marketing, right? And my main problem is how are you meant to get people. How are you meant to get your mates in the box? And if you're trying to advertise to them, like watch this sport, and they're like, it's too confusing because there's opening bells and there's opening boxers. Yeah. I can't be bothered learning all these acronyms, what they all mean, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. But then in fairness to the whole YouTube thing, like right, that was a farce, or whatever. But Eddie Hearn, like his followers on like across social media went up so much. Do you know what I mean? Like it no, kinda... I get it. I get it. I'm all about getting new fans and stuff in. But I, I do think, get that as I well. Think, but where are they now? You know, they're not now going to other boxing fights. They're just waiting for the next YouTube fight. That's all they care about. No, um, no. I was and then they're seeing this really, really poor display of boxing. 
Um, so that's what they think boxing is now. Do you know what I mean? I just swear. Um, no, I don't think you should uh, credit them too much. And the fact that no, the WBC not- thrown a belt around for this, but no less so than uh, this franchise belt. This is the, the WBC's latest invention. So basically, this is a belt that they award one of their champions, and they don't have to voluntarily or mandatory uh, defend this mm-hmm. belt. Uh, even if they lose, they can keep the belt. It's Canelo. Yeah, so it was also Lamachenko as well. Oh, Give it yes. to him too. I do like that um, Which means that the then, what was the WBC world title belt, um, you can't have both of them at once. You know, so Devin Haney, was, so they awarded Lamachenko the, the franchise belt, mm-hmm. and now Devin Haney basically, through email, was award, awarded the WBC world title status. So he's never actually fought for it, but he is technically WBC world champion right now, as Lamachenko is the WBC franchise world champion. Whatever in God's name that means, um. But basically, what it is is the WBC have spotted Lomachenko and they spot Canelo and they know how much money they make and the attraction that they have and they're just like, okay, well, we're going to make you our world champions. And even if you lose, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Uh, you'll be the franchise world champions for basically as long as we say. Personally, I think and like oh, right, I know I can't speak because I'm not a professional world class boxer, but I actually think that's really insulting. Yeah. Like if I was Tim Heaney, I'd be like, I didn't work my ass off in the gym. And going through technical stuff and sparring and all to be emailed this, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want it. No, you like, want your hand raised. You want to, you know, ideally you'd want to beat the champion. But you know, if the, if the belt's vacated and you got to beat a number one contender, then that's great too. You know, you have to win it in the ring. And surely he must know as well that two headers like us are then going to come on and slobber about it in po- yeah. podcasts across <laughs> the world. But you know what I mean? Like, well, Devin actually... has his own problems. I, oh, I will. But you know what I mean? I know the whole thing, any publicity is good publicity, but I just mean, and it's not, it's not even Devin Heaney's fault. Like, it's not his fault. They chose him. Yeah. But I just feel like, oh, I do not want this. Like, I think if they gave it to me, it I would make a statement. Loses. Like, like yeah. nah, don't want it. Give it the... I mean, bo- boxing's biggest problem is boxing. You know, they, they can't seem to get out of their own way half of the time and your you man Mauricio Sullivan which is like the president of I have my own problems with him yeah he, he's, he's got lots of different things he's now, not the worst guy no he's not the absolute worst guy no I'm, we're just talking this is what's wrong with the WBC in particular all this franchise champions and uh, he gets silver belts and all this nonsense I think Dillian White's been the silver belt for ages he's had like three eliminator fights and they still won't it's give him it's not far on him either like, no they, sure they won't give him the mandatory position um, it's just purely down to their own digression you know they just say and as they say goes, it's like a dictatorship. You know, they, they say there's rules, but there isn't. Um, but what they do do well, mm-hmm. or well, they did do well, is that they're big into the clean drug um, program. Mm-hmm. Um, clean, bo- clean boxing program, you yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, founded, like, officially in 2016, so it means no boxer can be ranked in their top 15 unless they've signed up for VADA, which is voluntary... And the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association, which basically yeah. means you have to sign up to that, but that means the FADA can come and test you like three o'clock in the morning. They can come knocking on your door and be like, right, we're going to test you to see are you on any gear. Popping pills and all that, correct. Um, so, that, 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 I mean, that's a really good thing. I'm all for that. I want to make uh, boxing as clean as possible. I mean, it's a serious, serious plague in our sport uh, is steroid use and cheating, basically. But then, you know, they shot themselves in their foot. They have all this lovely, um, like, you know, where Ideas talk about, is cheap sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, talk is cheap. When it came to the action, though, then what happened when Canelo, the cash cow, the oh, guy that they love... I think I'm giving him some shtick here, boys. I know. But I feel like I do... I really like Canelo, but I think it's because he's the most... Canelo is the face of boxing. Do you know but what I mean? It was just Worldwide. so soon after they announced this clean drug or clean program, you know, getting rid of drugs and stuff. Then, then Canelo tests twice 
I know. Uh, positive for clebutyrol, a, a known steroid or, or uh, performance enhancing drug. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do, you know, it's a slap on the wrist. They give him a six month ban, but he only fights twice a year anyway. So what's that? It was great for him. He yeah. had to go and get a, an injury on his knee that he's yeah. been needing for ages anyway. So it cancelled or a surgery it, on his knee, sir. It cancelled the fight he had with Glovkin, but really what it did, it just postponed it six months, and then he had the same fight anyway, probably for more money because there was just that added drama to it again. I mean. You know, it, talk talk was cheap when it when it when it really came down to it. They didn't follow through. And like, how many times is Fatkin going to be? Yeah. Um, you know. I don't know I, I, the... if he's WBC specifically. Like, but I mean, this, this no, is just the, a bigger problem. But like in general, it's I think it's WBA and WBC. Says I mean, I guess yeah. I'm confused. But they, you know, he's been he should have been made an example of. Um, 100%. he's been caught twice, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous that he's still boxing. I suppose when you think about it. But yeah, um, no, that, that's the WBC, so which uh, will lead us on to the IBF, which was founded in 1983, mm-hmm. originally known as the US Boxing Association Belt. In 1977? Yeah, uh, sorry, but they <laughs> became, it became a world title you know, yes. in, in 1983, and making it one of the newer belts. This is the red one with the little gold patterns around it. Yeah, a really, really nice, uh, a really beautiful belt, actually. But um, basically, at the start, when the IBF came out and stuff, it was... Notoriously. Notorious. Notoriously. Sing it as you sing it and then I'll come in. Notorious. Corrupted. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I mean it was really bad. Uh it's the most it's the most interesting because like as I was saying, so we obviously knew about them before, but we have been so Boxing News have been doing this thing every week. We're there, they talk with the sanctioned bodies, and I genuinely found the IBF the most interesting to research because it was so corrupt. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but it's yeah. history. It's just, it is it is nuts the stuff that they were getting away with before they were caught. Um, so basically, the founder and the president was taking bribes. He eventually—that's not even why he went to prison. He was taking bribes, basically, like you know, make my let my fighter win, blah blah. That's not even why he went to prison. He eventually went to prison for tax evasion and money laundering. Um, and then there was a fight. I think it was two thousand and one, but it was between Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis. Yes, and. It was like hands down Lewis won, but the one I think it was like some like the one judge that did give it to Holyfield was brought in by the ABF. So, and then I think they got arrested. There was something to do with that. Became a trial in New York. That was like a. <sighs> it's really bad. Really, really bad. Really bad but, explaining this. But this is way this is going to sound quite, quite controversial now. Is that when I say the ABF is probably my favorite belt right now, and this is because basically they were so corrupt and so bad. At the start, um, they've worked so hard at getting their yeah, reputation. Yeah, they know how to spend. They're, they're they're like extra vigilant and really really strict and disciplined with all of their rules and all of their rankings and things like that. Sometimes now, too strict though, because that's the far other too end. Strict. But 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 this is why if you, if you're going down, if you're a boxer and you're going down the IBF route to try and win a world title, it's definitely your best chance because when you reach that mandatory position, they give it to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like Dillian White going for the WBC where mm-hmm. he's won so many eliminators and still can't get a world title fight. When you reach it in the ABF, you will get it. Now, it also means that if you do not defend or fight against your monitor, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter if you are Canelo, Glovkin, Joshua, all the big names, um, they will strip you off it just just like that. And they have done in the past. And, you know, and it's, it's sort of the problem with Josh Warrington at the minute. He's won the ABF, which is great. But mm-hmm. he can't get any unification fights because he, he has, has to constantly to fight, fight his monitories, you know, against people who are just like less glamorous, shall we say? You know, no one, no one wanted to see him fight Kid Galahad. You know, it was a little interesting with the build up and stuff. But 
Now he's going to have another mandatory, and it looks like Kid Galahad's working his way into that mandatory position again, and he's going to have to fight him. Um, but really, he wants the unification fight against Shakur Stevenson. But if they can't work that out, then Joshua's hand, or Josh's uh, hands are tied. And if he wants to keep on to his belt, which of course he does, he's going to have to keep knocking over these nobodies, which in turn creates a sort of false reputation for him, you know, where people say, oh, sure, he's just knocking out nobodies. Yes. You know, uh, so it, it's, 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 it's also, it's also like whenever Fury beat Klitschko in 2015 and then Klitschko, you know, initiated the rematch clause yeah. and then like 10 days later, Fury then lost the ABF belt because they were like, well, you're not fighting your mandatory because, yeah. but it was like, he couldn't get out of that. Like he had no, 100%. to. 100%. And in, in turn, that left the IBF belt up um, yeah. for, Grab. uh, uh, for grabs and Charles Martin won it. Who is the ever he has been and God love him too. Feel sorry for him because he is quite often referred to as the worst heavyweight champion of all time. I think so. I mean, he is just God, God awful. A really terrible heavyweight boxer. Like, I mean, I can't believe he's ever won it. Um, but then in turn, you know, it, it cleans itself up. You know, organically itself. You know, because it obviously makes it hard for every someone to have all of the belts at any one time. Exactly, it's, it's what people want to see. It's then more it's like obstacles. Yeah, but what they do do well as well as part from being really strict and clean now. Because um, they're really trying to prove a point, you know, and that they pass all this corruption, as, and I believe they are. Um, you don't see any IBF regular belts and stuff like that, no. really. You know, they don't they don't have hundreds of versions of themselves. It's just so annoying saying it out loud. They also have like a really good weighing policy. So you know, yes. the whole thing like boxers have to lose so much like weight and water weight. So the next morning they'll have a thing where it's like, if you are you're not allowed to be any more than 10 pounds heavier yeah. than what you were at the weigh-in. So that means that, because people are like, like, people have died from this and stuff. I know definitely like an MMA, but... Yeah, the dehydration and stuff. Yeah, so that's good because it's making sure that you're not going in, you're not way heavier than your opponent because that that's dangerous for the other opponent as yeah. well as you massively dehydrating. And they do drug testing immediately after the fight. Um, and then if you have been caught, you'll be removed from their ratings or their rankings for one year um, and permanently for the second violation, what they say. But then that is really good as well. But then you're like, why are you testing after the fight? Why not? Yeah, test why before the fight. Yeah. You know, that's not a good because then that way nobody gets paid. You know what I mean? They still need the fight to go on. Aye, they are still, a sanctioning body. If you go in and you're like, right, and you get, like, say, I go and box you tomorrow. And but that's, 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 that's when it'll be too late, though, is when someone but, is going I mean. and, and kill someone but, in the ring. But that's what I mean. And they get tested and it's like, well, you know, why why not do it before? I don't know. But then they also do um, stuff for this charity it's called special assistance for retired boxers so they will like fund that which is good because that's another thing people think you know you're a pro boxer you're shut for life but so many boxers end up bankrupt and, and, stuff, and yeah. getting brain damage and all the rest of it but um, the one other thing I wanted to say as well I just find this really interesting well very morbid fact the WBO and WBA both had dead boxers in their top rankings we haven't got to the WBO yet but yeah sorry keep going oh yeah sorry, sorry. so they both had um the WB, the WBA placed Ali Ramey, a light, oh, no, a light flyweight, tragically killed during his service as a colonel in the Yemeni Armed Forces at number eleven in a twenty fifteen set of rankings. He had fallen from number six to eleven, but remained in contention for a WBA title despite passing away in May of that year. Mm. And it's just like, who did the due diligence there? And this, but the same thing happened in the WBO. They had a boy, uh, God, I can't remember his name now, but he had passed away from, like I think, like HIV-related meningitis. And I actually think he rose in the ratings. I think he was like seven. And then he was already dead. And a year later, he rose to five. But oh you're like... <laughs> I mean, it's just... that That's how many... When, you know, you've got too many belts when you're putting dead people into contention for them. Like, I mean, I hope I'm not being insensitive about it, but 
it's, it's just a real and a, like you hear stories of like people school sending out letters to parents of dead children being like mm-hmm. you know truancy things and you're like oh my god like how did they miss this but you're like this is literally a multi-million pound industry how are people how is there not people in that organization that are thinking here maybe we should check this out or yeah. do you know literally I mean? checking the pulse you know what i mean to see if if, if they can be in contention just by being alive I mean, it's absolutely insane but yeah you already mentioned the just the wbo belt the wbo belt is the sort of brown burgundy one it's the newest yeah it, it, it's it's the newest belt it, it, it was formed in 1988 mm-hmm. um and when originally formed it sort of had the same reputation as the ibo has now uh, where people didn't, a lot of people didn't classify it as like a real world title. So much so that when Lennox Lewis uh, unified all the belts or unified the heavyweight division, he actually didn't need it. People yeah. didn't think he needed that belt. They, yeah. they were happy with him just having the WBC, the IBF, and the WBA to be top, called the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Nowadays, of course, you'll need all four at WBO to be fair to them. I think they've sort of earned that respect. And how they did that was. Um, they got big names to win it. It was made cre- credible by its champions. Um, I think in terms of Britain, British boxing, Chris Eubank really yeah. set the pace for that. He defended it what like nineteen times. Yeah, and he was like, "This is a really and it was it was like you know I don't yeah. think there's any dispute now." Um, Thomas Hearns was the first person to ever win it. Yeah. So I mean, there's a big name. To, yeah. Right off the do you bat. know what I mean? Um, it and it started because the group broke away from the WBA. Um, and then it doesn't have lots of silly extra belts like the WBA. Um, but it does have like an unnecessary amount of regional belts. I think like, well, it has fifteen. It has the year. They made their own European belt as well, which is just like Aye. so the European youth belts and stuff. European belt was always you know the EBU. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 always uh, ran the European title. You know whoever wins the European title is it's it's a lovely blue belt too, um, and and you're the European champion. And then you know you you go British champion, European champion, or Irish champion, British champion, European champion. And then you go on into into the world mm-hmm. stakes. You know, that's how you do it. Go through like the Commonwealth and stuff and build your way up until you get all the experience and the rankings and stuff like that. that. That's the old school way of doing it. And by the end of your career, you'll have a whole collection of belts, all different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, the, you know, everyone respects the EBU as, as the European champion, but WBO have just made their own WBO European champion. And I don't know, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know, with the people who win it, yeah, they're European champions and stuff, but I, I, I it's think... It's a stepping stone, like... Yeah, yeah, but I do think that in, in, in the eyes of most boxing fans and stuff, you know, they know that you're not the European champion. Yeah. As such, but... Uh, yeah, but at least at least they're not having, you know, regular belts and... Um, they did have an interim belt, because Carl Frampton fought for an interim WBO no, belt. No, no, they do, but I think, is that not... Well, I know the reason that most interim belts have started are, is because if the real inverted... Well, yeah, in, in, inverted that commas, situ- in that situation, what happened was Oscar Valdez had broke his jaw. That's what I mean. It's like if yeah. the real inverted... I'm doing air quotes. I just and realized Carl audio. was fighting <laughs> Donair in the SSE arena in Belfast. Me and you were at it. Yeah. Um, and so he got to like, win an uh, interim WBO. And, like, it was nice for the photos and stuff, but he said afterwards, you know, he was just like, I'm not going to go around and call myself a world champion. You know, I've won real world titles. You know, I know this doesn't mean I'm a world champion. Oscar Valdez is the world champion. Again, yeah, it's like a stepping stone. But that's what I mean. It's uh, the reason it was sort of created is, is so that the real champions, if there's something wrong, they can't fight or they've had an injury or something. It's to, to basically it's filler. It's like a filler mm. belt. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like if if you win it, like fair play, you're probably 
very dessert, like probably, probably very decent. Up yeah, you know. yeah, and it's, <laughs> but it's a stepping stone. Um, but I also thought it was really interesting. Um, and I literally kept doing inverted comma quote, quote marks in the air there, and then I keep realizing that I'm no one can see me because no, just me. That's just for my privilege. Staring at me like I'm an idiot. But yeah, um, I just thought it was really interesting because Mayweather is like you know everyone says Mayweather's greatest boxer of all time. His first WBO fight was against Pacquiao. Yeah. Which you know what I mean? Like he had a really lot, but and no one thought that because he didn't have the WBO up until then, no one thought I, he I was any less any, of a boxer. No, is or the point. any less of a world champion for sure. No, 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 no. And that's what I mean. You know, um, that was great later on in his career. So, just that was really interesting. Um, I hope we've given you a good. Oh my God, there's so much more I could talk about in terms of some of the belts. Yeah. WBC is probably the most influential in a lot of people's eyes. But okay, if you got to fight for a world title tomorrow, right? To win uh, a world title in any of the four Aye. main sanctioned bodies, which belt do you want? WBC. WBC, why? Yeah. It's great. It's just the one that you always... It's the Rocky one, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. It's just the one. I just sort of got to even think of that. It's the one you always, th- you always remember in your head because it's so bright and so green. And it's like the flashiest... There's the most stories. Now, whether the stories are good or bad, there's the most stories about it. Like, the fact that I, I don't even think I could name you all of the other presidents and heads but I know Mauricio Sullivan because he mm. doesn't shy away from the media he's always on hand to answer like hard questions he did like a press conference in 2018 where he asked the media what could be done to make the WBC even better yeah. you know what I mean I just feel and in saying that like I know Wilder's the one that had the WBC and I would have say, always said that I thought Anthony Joshua was a better boxer mm-hmm. than Wilder and stuff that doesn't I'm not saying that if you don't have the WBC I don't think you're a world champion I just think if I had a fight for one that's the one I'd want. I don't know. I just think worldwide it's the most, the one that pops your head soonest. Like, well, interesting point actually, because they love Wilder and Wilder held it for years. The mm-hmm. WBC, you know, and defended it a lot of times mm-hmm. and was so emphatic in defending it. Why didn't they ever make him franchise champion? Uh, but Wilder wasn't even that. Like Eddie Harness has talked about this too before. Wilder actually wasn't even that famous in America. No, like, I know, Canelo but surely the heavyweight That's the, you want to keep that, you know. And I don't know. I don't know. Like weird, isn't it? But I just it's these inconsistencies. This, this is the trouble. Get Mauricio on, boys, and ask him. God, think he come on our podcast? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> That's also the reason the podcasts have been so sporadic lately is because um, we've had lots of interesting guests, and we're going to get more guests on. And quarantine's yes. mad, but we thought this week we'd go back to better old school. OG Lee OG, and us talking pure dung for an hour. Um, but why, what one would you want to win? Me? Aye. Uh, you're talking, like, I mean, you're going to hang it on your mantelpiece, mantelpiece mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, you know, so you want the one that looks the coolest and looks the most legit. Oh, yeah, because people who might not know, you do get the belt, like, you know. Oh, yeah, when you win it, you keep it forever and they make a new one for, for whoever the, wins. Yeah the next one or whatever or if someone beats you for it say you don't like, actually physically have to hand it over they get to hold you, it for the photos and stuff in the ring but even if you lose it and win it back you'll then get another one don't you you actually end up getting two yeah yeah oh yeah I, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no just because I don't think a lot of people knew that because I yeah. didn't know that until recently enough like to be fair but um, yeah so in terms of looks cinema man I think I think WBC although I'd be very happy with any of them of course but I also really like the IBF I like red big Liverpool yeah. fan Go red. Yeah, he loves big, bright, dirty red trainers too. I do. They don't have to be dirty. They have to be fresh. I just clean. went, oh, you got new, new Adidas trainers the other day. And I was like, oh. Just, just waiting for Adidas to sponsor us on this as well. Always red. I say I don't, because they don't always go everything. But anyway, it's not a fashion podcast. Um, not yet. Anything else you want to talk about, Lee? No, I think that sums us up quite well. 
for this week anyway we've got plenty more we're always afraid that because there's no boxing going on the minute there'll not be enough content but we've had lots of great guests if you haven't listened to some of our interviews uh, like the last interview we did was with Irish boxer Ray Moilette um, you know yourself follow us on Twitter at his and her boxing you're obviously listening to us on some format but if you want to share no not if you want of course you want if you want to share this podcast with yes, all your friends share. and family I'm telling you. even if you don't um, even if they aren't into boxing I think it's interesting anyway um, personally yeah so it's Spotify <laughs> Castbox iTunes iTunes slash Apple Podcasts yeah. Podbean if you want to go on the, o- the OG website um, and yeah and please give us like share comment subscribe follow all the rest of it and please give us a review uh, don't want to influence you but you know five star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts because that really helps and write a review too if you want that really helps in terms of ratings and getting us up there and stuff and yeah I think as that us now, But that is well and truly us. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening, as always. Bye. Bye.